time I was at a James Robinson Bible conference and David Wilkerson was supposed to speak and I was all excited I was a young guy and then they said well something happened to David I don't know what happened and I remember I was so disappointed I was sitting up in that Coliseum no it was a Fort Worth Convention Center wherever it was so disappointed oh God I came to see David Wilkerson and he said wait a minute you came to see him. If you see me, you won't be disappointed. You knew. Who are you looking for? You know, it's, our hope is in him. And it doesn't matter who occupies the White House. It's those who are occupying God's house in this hour that have the key. And you know, it's what David Olinger said. When the glory of the Lord fills the house of the Lord... The problems in the nations can be handled pretty easily. You know, we have His glory show up in the houses of God. I don't know if things are going to be as serious as they... They might be more serious. But I just know it's going to make a big difference. We've got to have His manifest presence. And we've had touches, but we're not going to stop here. Are you with me? And, uh, you know, now somebody's going to... Share because why do we call this conference? And if there's a real impartation, there's to be an anointing, then I'm going to do my best to release it. I can do only do what he, he's doing. You can only receive what he's releasing. You can only hear what he's saying. That's what we want it to be. You'll forget my words. You won't forget his. Because that was a powerful time in Fort Worth, Texas, if I remember correctly. God proved himself. He's going to do that. Now, how many of you know we're leaky vessels? You leak. That's why we need fresh infilling. We need fresh anointings. We need, um, somebody said, like an oil change. You know, you, you can't run on the same oil all the time. We need fresh oil. And so for this hour, this, since this is not a normal time in history, if it really is what we believe it is, then we need fresh oil. We need a fresh anointing. We need that unction. They used to say, you need the unction to function. Well, if we're going to function, we need the unction. So we can function the way we've been designed, and it's been written about this generation, you and me. We don't want to come up short in anything. You know that we're His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You know all that, right? Things that were planned beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, the should is up to us, but I say yes. Some of you with me. So we're going to walk in that, and so I'm going to pray, and they're going to release later on, I believe, an anointing. And, uh, you know, all of us, where did I hear this? This was during the Brownsville Revival. He used to say, the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts during the lifetime of the opportunity. <laughs> Steve Hill used to say that. And he had an opportunity, he had that time, and God used him. And uh, Steve is no longer with us. But we want to take advantage. You, listen, you've been placed on the earth for such a time as this. Now, all of us are going to get to be a part of this. All, nobody has to be left out. What did he promise? I will pour out my spirit in those days on your who? Your sons and daughters. Any sons and daughters here? And we have sons and daughters, but I'm one too. 
you know God's raising up the sons that all of creation's been waiting for. It's what's happening right now. All of creation's been moaning, groaning, rumbling, fire spewing out. Stuff's happening for you and I to take our place, to rise up. And uh, But we all, and then men and women, I'm of you glad, men and women, men servants, maid servants, sons and daughters, you know, upon all flesh. That ought to give us a lot of encouragement when it said all flesh. There's a lot of flesh in the American church. Now, I know that's not what he's talking. He's talking about men and women, you know. But it could be. And we need, we need a fresh outpouring for this day. We need the anointing to be a part of his purposes in this hour. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you, when you played Little League or you played high school or whatever, you were on the second string? You were a reserve. You were a substitute on that particular team. Confess it. Raise your hand. Anybody? Only a few. Ah, no. All of you. Some of you. How many of you played sports when you were young? Well, you know, some of us. Because I wasn't the biggest kid on the block. I was second string. But I made them pay when I got in there. You know what I mean? But you, listen, can I just tell you, there are no second string members of the body of Christ in this hour. There are no substitutes. There's no reserves. You're all five-star players, okay? You really are. Look at the person next to you. Speak into their life. Say, you are not second string. You are first string. You're a five-star member of the body of Christ. I tell you, that's just the way it's going to be. We're all five stars. That's why we're here. Because Jesus is the star. That's it. It's all about Him, not about us, as we yield to Him. Now, a few years ago, I wrote this book called The Times to Come Have Come, Hope and Help in Troubled Times. How many of you know the times to come have come? They're here. You're waiting around for tomorrow. Tomorrow's today. Now, I know there's going to be tomorrow, all that stuff. But as far as we're here, it's, this is it. This is it. I want you to look over in John. I'm going to share a couple things and then go to the book of Revelation. And I want to just get through this. So try to hear, not me, but the other voice. The voice of the Holy Spirit. That's, what you, that's who we want to hear. And um, I'm going to take him, I'm going to, you know, let it be according to your faith. I'm going to believe he's going to release this anointing that he put in my heart. Not only here, but many places, many nations. Because the times have come and we got to be, we got to rise up. We got to meet the challenges. Be ready. What did he say last night? Boy, it was amazing. I can't wait till tonight. I couldn't even hardly sleep last night. I couldn't, anybody else that way, you know, why does it have to be that way sometimes? You, you can't even sleep. We had a little move of God in Mississippi where I was a pastor one time and we literally did not want to go to sleep. I would, I would have my, I said, God, I don't want to go to sleep. I couldn't wait to get back to church. Now, when a pastor can't wait to get back to church, that's a move of God. It's a move of God, I'm telling you. You know what I'm talking about. And it was a move of God, though. It really was. They wrote about it in Charisma. It's because we went over to Pensacola and it splashed on us and a lot of stuff in those days. Well, we want to splash now all over you. And, and then when you go, you're going to splash on people all over this land. Because this is the greatest time. Now, John chapter 14, verse 29. 
John 14, 29. Just, they may appear on the screen, they may not. It says, now I've told you before it comes that when it does, does come to pass, you may believe. Now the rest of that, he says, now the ruler of this world is coming. But he has nothing in me. That's what the Lord said. Now we know he's pointing to the cross, pointing to his death. And then chapter 16 of John, verse 4. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you. And then in chapter 16, verse 1. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. It's because of what was coming. And what they were going to have to face. And in the context of that, as you read further on, it says this will be the time when there will be those who will kill you thinking they've done God's service. You remember that? So it's pretty serious times. Now what the Lord says, He says we are to be those who remember, we're to be those who believe, and we're not to be those who stumble. You can't afford, we can't afford to stumble. The word stumble, how many of you know what it means? It's the word scandalize. It means to be entrapped, to trip up, to stumble, to be enticed to sin. It means also the apostasy or to fall away. And we know what the scripture says. Remember, that day will not come till two things happen. Remember, what were the two things? The great falling away, many will fall away. And the man of sin, the son of perdition, destruction will be revealed. But also the word just means displeasure or to offend. Jesus said in Matthew 24, many will be offended. But you and I are not to be offended and we're not to fall away. I'm speaking that over you. For any other reason, you will not fall away. You're not to fall. You're going to finish strong. And you may be weaker in the flesh, but you'll boast in your weakness so that the power of Christ will rest upon you and you'll be able to finish strong. Okay, that's the way it's going to happen. You know, you may not know it all in this hour. I don't know it all. I don't even know what I thought I used to know. I don't even know it all. I don't even know. I know less today than I knew. I've been in ministry a long time. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. You realize you don't know a whole lot. But we know the one who does. You know, these young guys come along. They know it all. They don't know anything. That's one of the ways you, you know, you're matured. You, you, I don't, I don't. I don't have the answers, but I know who does. Let's go. I'll get you in contact with him. Daniel 11.32 says, Those who know their God shall be what? Strong. And they will carry out great exploits. Now, I'll tell you a couple stories. When I was 14 years old, I played the sport. And I wasn't second string. I was first string. But anyway, it was called team handball. And they don't play it a lot in America today. It, they play it in the Olympics, and uh, many nations do, but anyway, the Army Reserve was sponsoring these team handball teams, and somehow I ended up on the team, and it's like soccer, hockey, and basketball rolled up in one. You play in a gymnasium, and you have a ball about this size, and you throw it in the goal, and the, the goal, they have a line. You can't, you can't come right up to the goal, but yours about 25 feet, but you can leap into there. And so you have to, every third step, you have to pass. And anyway, I remember I was playing goalie. And I remember the coach, practice is over. Now, you know, if you play sports, when practice is over, that was always a good thing to hear. 
It's time to go home, time to whatever you got to do. But that time, there was a little fear and intrepidation that came when they said practice is over. Because the next time we were going to get on a court, it would be the real thing. It would be game time. So I was concerned. Did I have what it takes? Was I going to be able to help my team? We were going to Texas. I grew up in Louisiana. We're going to Texas, Fort Walters. It's not there anymore. Well, it's still there, but it's closed down. It used to be a helicopter port. And I remember as a 14-year-old boy looking at the bus, and all those, I'd never seen so many helicopters in my life, and I remember, whoa, this is really, man, we must have a big army. This is big, you know, it's huge. Not even there anymore. But anyway, we, we got checked in to our barracks. We stayed in the barracks. Everybody went to the amusement park that night but me. I didn't want to go. I mean, I'm usually all into those kind of things, you know, but that night, I had no way. Game time is tomorrow. I'm going to bed. So I jumped up in my bunk. You know, it's the second one. Everybody left. You sure you don't want to go? Come on, man. We're going to go ride a roller coaster. Fooey on the roller coaster. I wanted to dream about, because I'm the goalie. These big, I heard the guys were playing. They were from Bryan, Texas, and they were big. They were fast, and they were mean. I'm small. I wasn't that big. You know, I couldn't run that fast because I'm in a little bitty area. But anyway, I wanted to be ready. So I started dreaming of blocking, making, being in the right place at the right time. And I was praying. You know, sometimes the greatest prayer you can pray, you know what it is? Help. That's what I was praying. Help. Help me, God. I was really, you got to help. You know, and I'm just telling you now, I'm not bragging, but the next day it was like, how many of you played basketball and you've been in the zone? I was in a zone. I was blocking everything that could be blocked. It was amazing. I mean, they scored a few, but it was one of those moments in life that you remember. And you know what I'm talking I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And then we won and we went to these championships in San Antonio. But anyway, now, if these are the last of the last days, that's the name of this conference, Overcomers in the Last Days. We know the last days actually began a long time ago. The early church believed they were in the last days. We're, if, if that's true, and we're in the last of the last days, what is the chance, just think of this, what would a coach, it's the fourth quarter of a game, would a coach put people that are not ready, players that are not ready, in, in the game, at the end of the game, if that coach is worth its grain of salt, no, he wouldn't do it. He'd put in the first string. He's ready to win the game. Well, if we're in the last days, folks, he's putting in the first string and he's getting ready. We're not, listen, we're not going to be unprepared. You know, I hear people all the time, Will, are you ready? Are you ready? How am I going to be ready? How are you going to be ready for God? How are you going to... If God really comes, how could you ever be ready for God? You must have a limited view of God. David Hogan was here one time. He said, you folks have a limited edition Jesus. I said, you know you a lot of... I don't want that kind of Jesus. We don't have the limited edition. We have the real one. We have the big God living in us. So we're going to be ready for the hour. Okay. Since I don't know what Rick's going to speak on and... Sadhu's talking about visitation. This is burning in my heart. Visitation. We've been praying for this. I've been believing. I'm going to believe. I don't care. To the day 
before I, I'm going to believe God for a visitation, for another great awakening. People, I don't care who tries to talk me out of it. I'm believing God to shake America one more time. One more time. All over. Denominations that have lost the flame. God's going to relight that flame in some of those. I'm not going to give up. But anyway, whatever. So i got to talk about the theme of this conference. So I'm going to do it. We've got to learn to be overcomers. Okay, now, Revelation chapter 13. Are you with me this morning? Revelation chapter 13, actually in verse 12, you know, that verse would be a good place. Verse 17 to start. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, and then it defines who they are, those who keep the commandments of God, and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Does that apply to anybody here? How many of you keep the commandments of God? That's what we were told last night, the challenge. You know, die to yourself and keep the, obey God no matter what. That was a word from the Lord. It may have come from Brother Sadu, but it was a word to us in this hour. Regardless, whatever the price, whatever the cost, and then in chapter 13, then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up, having seven heads and ten crowns and ten horns and sudden. Now verse 2, now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, his mouth was like the mouth. You know, I circled those words likes because he was like a lion. He was not the lion. He's not the lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne and great authority. And I saw one, his head's had been wounded. But this verse in verse 3 has always amazed me. It says, And all the world, the world system, marveled and followed the beast. How many of you see that? All the world marveled and followed the beast. Something obviously is going to happen to grab the attention of the world, deceive the masses. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast. They said, who's like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth. He started speaking all this blasphemy and all this stuff. Now, verse 7, and it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. That's one of those verses. Maybe we could just take a vote this morning and erase that part out of the Bible. You know, if we had a big enough eraser, we... The problem is, if I erased it out of my Bible, it would still be in yours. Why does it have to be there? All authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him, except who? Those whose names have been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. And then, he that has an ear, let him hear. And that's where we want to be this morning. And then in verse 10... He just ends that by saying, here is, an, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. In other words, the saints are going to need patience, endurance, stickability, go-gettedness. I know that's not a word, but we're going to create it. You don't, you don't back up. And the faith of the saints... So now, you know, these verses show us two things. That either the whole world, the world system, everybody, all the nations that are represented here this morning and also in the flags 
those watching, either you will be a worshiper of the beast or you're going to be at war with the beast. Does that make sense? You're going to be a worshiper. Now, that word doesn't necessarily mean you're shouting and clapping and singing. It means it's that word as you uh, would lick, you know, a dog would lick his master's hand. It means you're submitted, yielded, you're a willing vessel to the beast. So either way, you're going to be in one or the other. You know what I'm talking about. Another story. I'm younger than 14. I'm at 1128 West State Street in Bogalusa, Louisiana. You don't know where that is. Do you really? That's pretty cool. And I'm there. I'm just a little kid. And in our backyard, we have this white picket fence. And we, uh, you know, it was the thing in the neighborhood. If you could start at this part, because they had a little piece of wood. I don't know if it was a two-by-four. But anyway, if you could walk on it and get around to the corner, then you'd walk this way. You know what I'm talking about? And then you'd walk this way. Then if you could get there, the end was some big old plum trees. And you could just lean in the branches. You could eat plums till your heart is content. My mom told me, don't eat the green plums. I didn't listen all the time. But anyway, we had plums until the hurricanes came and took care of the plum trees. But anyway, you know, the thing was, my friends would always try to get us, we'd try to get each other to fall off the fence. You either fall to the left or you to the right. You know, you didn't want to fall in the middle because they had these picket deals. So you fall to the left or right. Now, why am I telling you that? Because that's the way it's going to be. People are going to worship the beast. This is a serious time. They don't know they're worshiping the beast. They're going to be worshipers. Or they're going to be at war. So that's the part we need to understand. That's why we need a fresh anointing. What do you think's rising up in this hour? Rising up. So we're going to rise up. You know, that's, that's our hope. You know, there's, um, there's a banner back here. You know, you may wonder, what in the world is that? You know, you see that ancient language. You know, we've had that up for a long time. I forgot for a long time what it even meant. And I was re reading a book. And anyway, it reminded me. Because we hoisted that when we had a building over in Wilkesboro. In that big old warehouse. And... Um, what it was, Bob Jones had this prophetic experience where he went to the trophy room of hell, Satan's trophy room. And he saw Satan's most prized possession was the banner of holiness. And Bob, in this prophetic experience, you read, probably read about it, but he uh, reached up and grabbed the banner and all hell broke loose. That's one thing the devil does not want the, the body of Christ to walk in, obviously. And so anyway, he grabbed it. And he explained it, described it, and it was written in some ancient Semitic language that looks, it's interpreted right there. Holy shalt thou be for the Lord thy God is holy. I'm holy. That's what that says. Now, that's not the actual, obviously, material, but it's here. Now, that's a big responsibility. You know, I think, God, that's serious. Now, you're in this building, and I'm telling you, the banner of holiness is over you. You're set apart. There's a purpose. You're being here. There's going to be an anointing. There's going to be an unction, an impartation. You, you didn't come just to get away from things. You came to grab hold of all that God's doing. You want it all. I've always been that way. Somebody told me it'd be better to shoot for the sun and fall, in, fall in the, you know, on the moon than shoot for the moon and fall in the ditch. 
So shoot for the sun. Go for it. You're not the second string. You are a five-star member of the body of Christ. Now, I've got to tell you this. The reason I brought that up is I saw this about a year and a half ago, Leonard. I've got to confess. I saw a banner up here in my mind. Now, how does God speak? You know, many different ways, but sometimes He just shows you stuff. And I saw the scripture, Matthew 10, 34. I didn't put it up. I don't think I was disobedient because I saw it happen regardless whether I put it up or not. You know what Matthew 10, 34 says? Because it's happening. It's happening. I've seen it. It's happening. It, Jesus said, the only time in the scripture where he said, don't think. You ever tried to pull in a parking place and the sign said, don't even think of parking here? I did that one time. Hey, no, I'm sorry. Wait, what do you mean don't even think about it? The Lord said, do not think. Do not think. Do not think. How I many of you know? You read that scripture. You know what I'm talking about. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. That's a heavy scripture. And we're watching it right now. It's unfold. It's playing out in America and many nations. You know, the sword speaks of war, but it also speaks of separation. You know, divides. The word is like that. It divides. And, you know, just all of us know these things, but you know what's being separated. And it ultimately will be separated. There will be, first of all, the wheat from the tares. Now, we can't pull out the tares. When you do, what happens? You make a mess of things. So the Lord will come. He's going to gather the tares and bundle them in bundles Throw them in the fire. Remember that? But he'll gather his wheat into barns. There are going to be gatherings of wheat all over the nation. Barns. Places. You know. But the wheat and the tear. The just and the unjust. The righteous from the wicked. You remember Malachi. It says, Then again you shall discern between the righteous and the wicked. So God's right now, it's like he's removing that gray area. You can't walk the picket fence. You're going to fall on the left or right. That's one of the designations, the left and the right. Remember, I asked the Lord about that. I said, Lord, does that mean the politically left and right? Not necessarily. Because you're going, there are going to be some over there. We, they really know God. They just, God's going to grab a hold of their heart. They're going to be awakened. He may have to shake the tar out of them, but he's going to shake them. Because it's not whether you're left or right. It's whether you're for him. Said it's not. You can be on the right and be against him. It doesn't, you know, that's just enough. But also in Malachi, it says, and then he will also separate those who will serve me from those who will not serve me. You remember that scripture? It says, so a book of remembrance was written for those who fear his name. Remember? They shall be mine on that day that I make them my jewels. Jewels have to go through a little process to become jewelry. So I'm making them my jewels, my five-star men and women of God. But then he said, then you'll discern the righteous and the wicked, the one who serves me from the one who does not. There's a big difference between those who went and from those who are being sent. I want to speak over you. You are not going to be those who went. You will be those who are sent. And this day, I'm going to pray God will release a fresh sending. A fresh sending. And then he divides the wise from the foolish. You remember, what was the difference? The wise did what? They got oil in their lamps, right? Yes. And then the, 
the faithful and the faithless, those that confess Him from those that deny Him. And then, you know, as we read, those who worship the beast or they are at war with Him. Now, why do we call this the conference or the overcoming in the last days? Because when I first mentioned this to a good friend of mine, they said, now you know that sounds a little bit cocky. It sounds like you, what are you doing? You're gathering the overcomers in your building. You know, you want to gather the great, the old, it's the elite company of overcomers. Well. Yeah, you know, I, that's what I said. So, well, you know, well, no, that's, I'm not, I'm not trying to be cocky about all this stuff. I'm just remembering what his word says. He said to them that overcome, not to those that are overcome. You're either going to be overcome or you're going to overcome. And so, you know, we need to be those who overcome. The chosen. Corey Ten Boom, once someone asked her, What's the, what does it mean, Corey? Many are called, but few are chosen. She said it's a lot like walking through a, like a door, a revolving door. Before you go through, you'll see the word called on the outside. When you go through, you turn around, you'll see the word chosen. The chosen are those that go through and they obey. They believe what God said. They remember His Word. we got to remember. Now, I'm not going to go into all of it, but you remember all the, the books, you know, to the, 11, the, the seven churches, Ephesus, you know. Remember what He said? You've, you saw those who were apostles, but you found them to be liars. Of course, you know, they lost their first love. In other words, they discovered those who went but were not sent. The word apostle means sent one. So they could recognize, they could discern those who just showed up with thus saith themselves versus the word that those who showed up with thus saith the Lord. When I hear Brother Sadu, I hear thus saith the Lord. He's a sent one. I so wanted him to come. But he says in Ephesus, to him who overcomes, I will give. To eat. And then the Smyrna, you know, be faithful. Remember that? Be faithful until you can't stand it any longer. Is that what it says? Be faithful till what? You know, that can really divide the faithful from the faithless. The Lord wants to do that. All He has to do is set up some situations where you have to make a choice. Be faithful unto death. And then you're not going to be harmed by the second death. But he who overcomes, you know, he says that. And then Pergamos, they were dwelling where Satan's throne was. Jesus came with a sharp two-edged sword to separate. You know, you study that out and there, were, it, there was a lot of pressure to conform to the, the system of the day and you could even lose your business if you did not conform to the system of that day and bow to the image and participate in sexual immorality and all the things that were going on that were of the spirit of Antichrist. You could lose your business. I thought, you know, that's amazing. We just had was it last year, a year and a half or so? In this state, we had a governor who was taking a stand. No, it's not good to let boys go in bathrooms with little girls. No. You know what the state did? They voted him out. The, a a the ACC and other groups, they canceled their sporting events. They yielded. They bowed to the beast and they didn't even know it. You could lose everything. Farm and home... We're not going to bow the knee. God's raising up a people. I don't care. What happens? I'm not going to bow the knee to Baal. In the system of the hour.
Because he says to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the hidden manna. Then the Thyatira, and you know, to him that overcomes, they were being seduced by Jezebel and all of that. And one of the things they got in there was the morning star. Did you know that? Leonard, wherever he is, the morning star. You get the morning star. That's pretty good. Then Sardis. And that's where he says, to him who overcomes, I will not blot his name out of the book. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? And then Philadelphia, he that has the keys of David. So he'll keep you in the hour of trial or from the hour of trial. So there's something. The keys of David speak of authority. So those that are walking in their kingly and priestly authority, the brother Sadu spoke about, then there's a keeping power there. You're not going to be taken out until you finish your mission. If you're walking in the authority that God's given you. So if you're a lazy saint and you're not, you're not willing to pay the price, then I can't give you the promise there. But to him who overcomes. And that's serious stuff. This is, we need to take this stuff serious. And then the church of Laodicea, behold, you know, I stand at the door and knock. You know, we've heard people say this. Why is Jesus outside the door knocking? Because he's been let out. You know, we got to hear his voice. And we know lukewarmness, that's the one about You don't want to be lukewarm. You show up on this property, you're not going to walk off this property lukewarm if we have anything to do with it. We wrote, when this place, it took forever to be built, but when it was being built, under this carpet, we wrote the scripture, you know, from Leviticus, that the fire on the altar will never go out. There's a fire burning in these hills, there's a fire burning, and we want you to get in on it, we want to spew it on you. Go out, you're, not, you're going to be on fire. I don't care what it looks like. Who cares what it looks like? We just want to walk in it. Now, the Bible talks a lot about books. There's the book of remembrance that we, we spoke about in Malachi. You know, our deeds, every, the deeds done in the body, whether good or whether bad. But there's, you know, the book of, you know, the Lamb's book of life. And, uh, you know, there, Jesus said, don't. Rejoice that your names are written in the book, but that, you know, or that the demons are subject, but that your names are written in the book. Did you know there's a book in the, in the, book, in the book of Numbers called the Book of the Wars of the Lord? Anybody ever heard of that book? It's, it's, it's there. Numbers 21 verse 14. Therefore it is said in the Book of the Wars of the Lord. Now there are three things about that. Number one, it is, it was the, the record of God's people and the battles that they fought and overcame. They learned to trust in God, and so it was a recording of that. Secondly, it's called the book of the wars of the Lord for a purpose. It's the Lord's wars. The battle is against the Lord, ultimately. It may look like it's against a president, but underline the main thing, the beast is rising up against you and me, and against mostly the Lord. So it's God's battle. And when it's his battle, we get to get in on the victory, right? So we've learned that. But also, the third thing is, now this, I don't know this for a fact. Maybe some of you may tell me, no, you're wrong. I've seen the book in heaven. It's closed. It's over, sealed. But I don't think so. I think the book is still being written. There are a couple chapters. It may be the final chapter, but it's got a whole new group of characters Whole new group of folks. You know who's in, you know who's going to be written in that book? You and me. Just say your name out loud. Just say who you are. Just say your name out loud. 
Okay, those books he remembered. I'm telling you, it's, there's a, your names are being written for the times in the book of the wars of the Lord. This is a, when I saw that, it blew me away. You mean there's a book of the wars of the Lord? Some folks don't even believe in that kind of stuff. You know that God is a man of war. It's what it says. You know, there, were, there are a lot of people that have impacted our lives over the course of history, our history, right? You know what I'm talking about. And uh, I had so many people. One man was a man by the name of Milton Green. Anybody remember him? He had a ninth grade education. He was a carpet cleaner. God got a hold of him. He would hold these in-the-word seminars. And he would go around and he would, mostly what he did, he would just read from the Bible. Now, he would make some comments. But in those days, I was in my 20s, I would go to those in-the-word seminars and I would sit out in the audience and it was literally, I'm not being overdramatic. Sometimes I can do that. But this time, it was like fire was coming out of the Bible, out of the out of the pulpit, whatever, and flying through the sky and exploding in my chest. I mean, he could read the word, amen, and I would go, glory, God, this is awesome. Amen. Amen. I didn't know there was such fire on the word, amen. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you. And it's never gone out. You know, you get older, maybe it takes on different, I don't know about all that stuff. But Milton Green used to say, he used to say, much of the church is in a war that it hasn't shown up for. And I've never forgotten that. And I know what he's talking about, spiritual warfare. And when you're in your 20s, you don't know much about that. I didn't from the tradition I came out of. So the Lord began to teach me my fingers, train my hands for war and all that. Then there was another man. Listen and remember this. His name was Samuel Doctorian. Does anybody remember him? I don't know where he came from. I don't know where he went. I was in school in New Orleans, and he was speaking at a Methodist church. This man was not a Methodist. I don't know what he was. But he, anyway, toward the end, it's the first prophetic word I ever had in my life. I didn't even know what prophetic was. I had no idea. But anyway, he, he calls me out, or I go up front, he prophesied, looks me in the eyes. He says, son, don't get out of the fight. Stay in the battle, young man. That's all. That's what he said. And my heart, I knew exactly. And I'm telling you, that's Samuel Doctorian, whoever. He's long gone. But his word that he spoke prophetically, still ringing somehow, the sound. And I'm speaking it to you. I'm repeating what he said. Don't get out of the fight. Don't stop. Stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. It may be raging. It may get even a little bit more intense. It will. Stay in the fight. You've been groomed for this moment. You've been made for this moment. You know, the truth is, war is unavoidable, isn't it? It's ordained. But it also will define the church at the end of the age. The book of the wars of the Lord. Now... I'm going to start trying to wrap this up because I've got to share something and then I want to release it while, while the fire's hot. You know what I mean? I never liked those guys that would preach beyond the anointing. I'd always get, you know, I'm starting, I'm itching. I'm ready to go to the house, man. You, you ain't got no anointing, sit down, get, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I don't know what's happening now, but I'm just by faith. 
believing God, he's going to release something. He would not have given it to me. This is what I told Brother Sadu last night. We were eating together. So, you know, God would not have given you that about a visitation had he not planned to bring a visitation if there are people willing to pay the price. You know, God's not wasting words. But, you know, in Revelation, this war is against those who keep the commandments of God. They have the testimony of Jesus. But he says we're to be patient, the patience of the saints. How many of you like being patient? It's not fun. I get impatient trying to be patient. You know, but we are, you know, we are to endure how many things? You remember that scripture? Endure all things for the sake of the elect. You endure, people are going to get saved because you endure. Things are going to happen. The, and then they have the faith of Jesus. And then Revelation talks about the faith in him and the faith of him. And so we are confident that God's called us to be overcomers. Now, there's all kinds of scriptures on war. Remember, there's a time of peace and there's a time for war. What did that scripture say? I was going Matthew 10, 34. Don't even think about it. That's a strange thing for the Lord to say. Don't think. Do not think. That's serious. You ever ask the Lord, Lord, did you mean that? Dude, don't think. I asked him one time about where, he, you know, he said the laborers are few. I said, God, you think maybe we could change that? Maybe, and maybe you might have been mistaken and let the laborers be many. No, he said, no, it's what I said is true. But you, you don't go after the laborers, you go after me. Pray the Lord of the harvest would raise up. You pray me and there'll be laborers, I promise you. That's the key. Let him raise them up. God will raise up the laborers. That's what he's doing here with you. That's why you're going to have an anointing and you're going to get stuff from this whole entire few days. You know, we're to fight the good fight. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but what are they? They're mighty in God. Remember in the year the kings go out to battle. David stayed behind and what happened? He got in trouble. He was enticed. He was trapped. It's better to go into the fight. It's what you're made for. David discovered that. And then we, you know, the sons of Issachar, they were those who had... You know, they discerned the times, they had understanding of the times. If you look at the context, all those sons, it was like they were all getting ready for battle. They all had weapons of war. That's the times in which we're living. David, we need people to rise up today that will just like David say, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine taunting the armies of the living God? Who do you think you are? You say, well, you don't want to be cocky. The devil's not worried about your cockiness or your uncockiness. It's the word of God that he fears. And those men and women that will stand on the word of God. They'll speak the word of God. If everybody disagrees, if God's for me, who can be against me? You speak the word. You believe. He's given us a humility. We'll walk in it. But we've got to be a little bit radical in this hour. You know... It's where we are in our nation. We've got to have people rise up. Remember this scripture. Psalm 78.9. Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. You remember that? 
So that means we've been armed and carrying bows. We will not be those who will turn back in the day of battle. I'm going to prophesy that over you. You will not turn back in the day of battle. You will not turn back in the day of battle. You're not those that have set your hand to the plow and look back. You will not. You're going to finish strong. I'm telling you, this is what God's doing. He's just doing. He's just getting us ready. He's not going to put a bunch of scrubs defeated, don't know who they are, folks on the field in the final quarter, the final minutes of the game. He's going to put the first stringers. All of those that believe him, they remember what he said and they believe they're not going to stumble. You're not going to stumble. Then Revelation 19.11, Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on it, him was called faithful, true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. But we need an anointing. We need a, did you know there's an anointing to be an overcomer? Amen. Just discovered this in all the years of ministry. I knew the anointings for raising the dead, healing the sick, preaching the gospel, all these things. We need all of that. There's an anointing for this hour to be an overcomer. I'll show you. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. We read a few scriptures and I'm going to share something and pray. Okay, you guys... You still here? I got faith to release this if you got faith to receive this. Okay? I mean, we're not just up here blowing smoke. I'm just telling you. This is not, you're, not just, you're not here just passing through having a good time. You've been called into the kingdom wherever God has you for such a time as this. You've been called. You know, we're in the army now. It's the army of the Lord. If he's, the, if he's the Lord of the host, and He is, then we're going to discover who the victors are. We always triumph in Christ. It's a lie saying that we... You may stumble. The, stum, the righteous stumble, but they rise again. And the righteous in America are going to rise one more time. One more time, buddy. Not going to be no my might nor by power. A lot of those you didn't even think God had any... You didn't think God would use... They may have been the ones, the Davids, they're going to be the ones that God raises up. God chooses, not based on man's approval, but God's choosing in this final hour. So anyway, 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. Well, that's, you know, when you first come to the Lord, you need to know your sins are forgiven. But you need to remember that all through your journey. Don't forget that your sins were washed. Keep going back to the blood. You know... What was the horse that won this last, or the Kentucky Derby, justify? Do you know the word justified? You know what it really means? Just as if you've never sinned. Isn't that amazing? That's almost too good to be true. Just as if I've never sinned? You mean the blood, though they be as scarlet, can really become white as snow? You bet they can. Man, his blood covers it all, but let's go on. And then... He says, I write to you fathers because you've known him from the beginning. And fathers should have wisdom. They've seen God, the ways of God over the years. They've seen him move. They can describe. I write to you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. And he goes on and repeats some. But in, in the last verse, I've written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Now, First John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God 
How many are born of God? Overcomes the world. All that's in the world. The lust, the, the flesh, the pride, all these things. The beast system that's... How many of you know the beast system is here? It's, it's kind of right before us. It's like, what are you... He's not even hiding. There's no reason to. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. You have a faith. The faith of the saints. There will be many stories about people that are in this room in the book of the wars of the Lord, of the faith that they demonstrated in these final hours and if they don't read it on earth, they'll read it in heaven. But I'm telling you, they're going to read that book and they're going to say, I've got to meet this man, I've got to meet this woman. Because they're going to be many. And then look back, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Don't believe every spirit, test the false prophets, every spirit that does not confess Jesus. It says, and this is the spirit, in verse 3, the spirit of Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. This verse that we remember all our life, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You don't want to forget that verse. It's important. Now, over back in chapter 2, verse 18, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know, this is how you're going to know it is the last hour. Remember, the son of perdition will be revealed, the great falling away, those things that are written. But he goes on, verse 20, But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And then he's talking about truth. We need the anointing to recognize truth from lies. Are there any lies being told today? You know, it's constant 24 hours a day, every day. You know, you got to walk in the truth. you got to walk in the word that we would be established. You will not be deceived if you're established in the truth. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And then he goes on and talks about the value, the purpose of the anointing. And now, little children, abide in him, in verse 28, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. Now, we're not going to be ashamed. We're not going to stumble, be entrapped, enticed, fall away. I'm going to share. I was wondering, debating, Lord, should I share that? Yeah. Then I'm going to pray because it kind of leads up to it. it a dream that I, you know, since, since those guys like Milton Green and James Robinson and Jack Taylor and all those guys that impacted my life showed up, I've been having dreams. You know, stuff happens. You know, I, it changed a lot of stuff. And I'm even here because of a dream that I had. This, God has been so faithful. I, you know, I'm not led, I'm led by the Spirit, but the dreams many times confirm what the Holy Spirit's saying. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not boasting in any... That was a great word that Brother Sadu said last night. You know, don't make an idol of your great experience you've had with the Lord. You know, whatever, no matter how... That's a good word. I just... I'm not... We're not going to do that. We boast in our God. We have no idols. I don't care how great the experience is. But anyway, stuff's happening. When you leave here, stuff's going to happen. It's going to happen more. It's going to happen. I'm speaking it. 
This word's not going to return. I know his word won't return void, but I'm speaking and I believe under the unction. You're going to have more dreams and visions increase, increase, increase in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Increase more, more, more. We got to have them in this hour. We don't want to go to the left or to the right. We want to follow the course. The coach, he's going to deliver the assignments on time. His ability to speak to you is greater than your ability to hear from him. So he's going to speak. He's going to take the initiative. So we received that by faith. Okay, here was that dream. In the dream, I'm, I'm in a garden with a, with a rake. And there's a little garden snake under my rake. When all of a sudden, in the dream, the little garden snake tossed my rake away and grew into a gigantic serpent standing before me in the dream. Now, I wish I could tell you, I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. It's a dream. I didn't have a choice. I'm just participating, watching what's happening. And in the dream, I, here's what I did. I started going like this. If you saw what I saw, if you saw what I saw, the beast that we're going to be facing, standing. I started backing up, just like this. And wouldn't you know it, there's a step behind me. I trip and I fall. The beast is standing before me. Thank God I, the dream shifted. Thank God. You know, because I, you know, I knew that if that serpent, if that beast strikes me, I'm a dead man. I knew it. So thank God. All of a sudden, I'm in a barber's chair. I just, I'm reporting. I'm in a barber's chair. He's cutting my hair. And then the barber takes out of his pocket a measuring tape. And he sticks the measuring tape up to my heart. And he's measuring my heart. And I woke up. And here's what I believe the Lord is saying. Haircut speaks of groom. You've been groomed. You're being groomed. What do you think you've been going through all this stuff for? You're being groomed for the hour. The tape is about the heart. The main thing God is after is not some great works. It's your heart. Because with your heart, He can do mighty things. It's about the heart. But we're going to face the beast. You don't have to, if you don't believe me, I'm telling you, the beast is rising in the hour. The church is arising too. And greater is he that's in you, and 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 every one of you, and you, than he that's in this world. So I want you to stand. Just, just stand. Because if you want to play something, if you don't have to, no big deal. But. So I'm going to believe that God's going to, let's just, let's just worship a moment. Yeah, just go ahead, guys. Let's just worship the Lord. It's not about my word. It's about the word. The word of the Lord. The living word. So let me pray. And then we just, let's worship. Just, I don't know. You know that song about majestic, mighty, whatever, something. Let's just focus on him. Just worship him. Give him our undivided, wholehearted devotion. And then we're going to see and let Holy Spirit has to do this. So, Lord, we just thank you that you're on the throne, that you're God. You rule and reign. Jesus reigns. Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. 
Thank you for the holiness that was here. The precious worship, the sweetness of God, that sweet aroma. Lord, you remind us that's what we are. We're like, we're the sweet aroma, the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. Every place we go, we're going to be those that release that fragrance of heaven. The life of God, the hope. People are looking for hope. We have the reason. We have a hope. We're going to be ready to give a reason for the hope. Lord, we thank you for every trial. How many of you would thank him? Lord, thank you for every trial. Thank you for every trouble. You said in this life, there'll be trouble. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You gave us peace in the midst of all these things. The world didn't give it. The world couldn't take it away. We thank you, God. Lord, we thank you that we are called to this moment. That we've been groomed for this hour. We're all. God, thank you that our heart, we yield to you. We give our heart to you. It's about our heart. All we know is to say, Jesus, come reign. Be the king of our hearts. Sit on the throne of our heart. God, raise up a generation that it's so obvious the Lord is on the throne of their heart. There's no other gods. No other God. We will bow down to no other gods. So, Lord, just please confirm your word, Holy Spirit. Let's just worship Him. Just worship Him. Then I'll pray. Thank you, God. Amen.